Welcome back. This is Business Intelligence. My name is Dr. Wei Chun Wan. I'm here with my co-host, Joey DeGangji. Hey, everybody. You know, remember the good old days where we don't have to worry about the digital ads? You know, I mean, obviously, all the merchants are still trying every possible way to spam people and attract attention. Right. right. Yeah. So you send, uh, you know, brochures, uh, print ads. Uh, you try to get on the radio commercials or TV commercials. Mm-hmm. Basically, trying to, you know, increase the amount of noises so that people would uh, be driven to your stores. Right. Um, and that's the that's the, really the traditional lead generation uh, strategy. Uh huh. Um, and. You know, to a point that marketing people invent this term called purple cow theory, right? Mm-hmm. So the purple cow is when you're driving on the country road, you see all these cows, you're not going to turn your head. Yeah. Because it's it's just, uh, you know, the cows are not different, right? I mean, right. just, you know, so normal. But once you sp- spot a cow that has a purple color, then mm. all of a sudden it's so different and you want to pay m- more attention to it. Yeah. And that's, I like that. That's right. That's, how, that's where the marketing people start you know, cultivating their, all these strategy, trying to differentiate the products and services for merchants. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, everything looks different. Like, so for example, like, you know, th- th- look at the, the shoes that you're buying, like Nike shoes, there is Air Max, Air Jordan, right? Yeah. And A6 have their own ways of, uh, you know, inventing the, the cushions and buffers uh, in their insoles. Really, I mean, to, to me, what would justify a $250 shoe, right? It's, it's really yeah. hard, right, to that's justify rough. that. And, and, but that's the whole point, right? Mm-hmm. Let me think, think about Coca-Cola, too. Like, why would you want to pay um, uh, money to drink a, a, dark, a glass of dark liquid? Mm-hmm. But the moment when you put the Coca-Cola label on, all of a sudden, the, that glass of dark liquid carries value because you know exactly what it is. And yeah. I argue that's the that's the beauty of marketing, right? So the marketing um, effort allows people to see the true value in it. And then if you don't believe in um, what I just talked about, like Coca Cola, what about what about what about mineral water? Mm-hmm. You know, think about how the the, the price premium, premium that Volvic or Avion. Um, all those, uh, you know, exotic brands were able to charge. But water is water. Right. Right? Okay. All this is to say that marketing actually uh, carries value. Of course. Otherwise, you know, companies like Coca-Cola wouldn't spend all these money trying to maintain their their brand equity. Now, (laughs) I want to do an episode and talk about, you know, in the the digital world, how that process has changed. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you're running digital ads through, be that Google or Facebook or or all these social media, you want to make sure that you create the proper level of noises for your brands to be noticed. Right. And big brains like, you know, uh, Google and Amazon and Microsoft or technology giants like Tesla, it's like every time they, they launch a product, there is... They get free marketing. They get free coverage, mm-hmm. right? But they don't get to where they are with just one shot. No, it takes tons and tons of repetition. One of the favorite stats that I had seen, I forget the source, but I remember, I think it was like, you know, 20, 20 or 30 years ago, the amount of times that you had to see a brand before it starts to resonate with you versus now. Yes. It used to be about six times, mm-hmm. and now it's over 20. And that's just because, like you said, there's so much noise. We're just inundated with 
right. hundreds of brands every single day, everywhere you look on social media, everywhere on, on TV, but you were just constantly, constantly getting hit with that stuff. The other day I was frustrated, right? Because my, my phone, I, I think everybody's phone does that, right? And oh. I, I didn't turn it off. Like every week, my phone will give me a report. Right. On, for example, how much time on average per day that I spend staring at the phone screen. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's really uh, pathetic for me to realize that, you know, on average I spend, I don't know, five, six, seven hours staring at my phone screen. Yeah. And, and a lot of times I'm, I'm just, you know, obviously responding to emails and checking social media and checking news articles. But I can't imagine how much time that I had to waste Right. Sifting through and filtering through all these unnecessary and useless information to get to the part that I that I that I want right. to get to. Right. Right. And, and that's just by design now, because everybody is using devices to get the information that they want. Yeah. And you have on the other end, you have businesses that are trying to influence your decision making process. And your decision making process obviously includes the purchase decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're influencing you in so many different ways, trying to present their brand or their product and their services in front of you. And, um, you, you know, you're, you're being, like you said, inundated by all this information. So the whole, the whole point that I'm trying to, trying to make you understand is that, you know, from the business owner perspective, there's no way for you to, for you to not do that, right? right? You have to really just along with other merchants and other service providers, you have to be joining the camp, trying to influence your target audience so that you get noticed, your brand or your service and your product get noticed. Yeah, absolutely. And that and that's difficult gets to higher do. every day. Exactly. That, that's really difficult oh, to yeah. do. And how many times have we have clients that come to us and say, you know what, I want, I want, to, be bird, uh, I want to be searchable. I mm-hmm. want to be better searched right. on Google, right? And... And I was like, okay, so, I mean, we could charge all these money to make sure that you show on the first page. But does that get to where you want to get to? Right. And I think that's the question that, you know, framing the question the right way is like that first step. You know, we get, if we get asked, how easy is it to get to the top of Google? I say, not very hard at all. Like, how much money you can, how much advertising budget do you have? If it's a limitless <laughs> budget, of course, we can get you right there. You know, we talk, you talk uh, the, the insurance industry, especially. Right. You know, if you can afford five or six dollars per click, My we goodness. can get you to the top right away. Yes. No problem. Yes. If you want to get there and have any money left over for anything else, that's when it gets a little bit more technical. Or the other way is, you know, can we, can we get there to the top of the search results for free? Mm-hmm. You know, if you have just an army of people that can generate backlinks for you, if you can have all of this ongoing uh, optimization work going on, you have a limitless either talent pool or uh, bank account to keep supplying Google with more and more content, again, of course you can do it. So the question is, what is the most time, capital, and labor effective way to get found on Google? That's when it becomes more of a challenge. And that's where where our, our work with the client usually starts. Right. And it gets technical pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Because right? you talk about backlinks. Yeah. Right. A lot of people think, still think that, oh, you know what? I have the best content possible. Mm-hmm. And I should get noticed. Right. And again, I think that's, again, suffering from the me syndrome. It's not about you. It's about, right. this is a competitive landscape that we're operating in. Right. So your action as a business owner, uh, you know, showing up in the ad space you are interacting with all these competition who also tries to get uh, uh, attention 
um, from their customers. Right. So how do you compete against that, right? So it's just not the content by itself. And, and by the way, even if you believe that you have the best content possible, you might not hit the keywords right. for people to notice, right. for the machine algorithm to recognize the importance of your content. Yeah, you have to walk a fine line of supplying really valuable content that yeah. makes the, the human users you know, want to stay there and want to visit your platform, mm -hmm. whether it's products, blogs, and any type of you know, feature on your website. That also satisfies the algorithm's requirements because they, you know, Google, Bing, all the search engines, they're playing matchmaker. We talked last they week are. about, uh, you know, how artificial intelligence works and how it's pattern recognition. Right. Every, every bit of information, if you're indexed with Google, for example, that's the information that's uploaded. That's what they understand about your site and how well you communicate that. There's all different ways through the, pay, the copy on the, on the page, the image alt text, the metadata. Like, like you said, it gets technical very quick, but all these different ways that you communicate, what does my site do? What value are we creating and communicating that to the, to the search engine? And then on the other side, you have the end user, the person that's searching for an answer on Google. They're putting in their queries. They're looking for certain kinds of information. And then the, this is when the artificial intelligence kicks in. They cross-reference everything they can ascertain about what that person's looking for, cross-reference that against everything they have on all websites, and then provide play matchmaker. Then they present, we believe these are the best options relative to your location, relative to you know the intent that we understood when you put in that particular search request, and that's how you get found. Mm -hmm. That's just to get people there. And then to make sure that they enjoy the experience, that's why I say the text also has to be of value to a user, because you can go the other direction. You know, like We don't care what the, the, the quality of the content is. We're going to write strictly for the algorithm. You might find a way to get yourself higher on, on more search terms, but then if people don't stay there and if there's no conversion afterwards, the time, the money, the energy you spent ranking still doesn't translate to sales. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's right where art and science mix. And that's how you get found with, uh, with, with the search engines. Absolutely. So there are several dimensions <laughs> that people overlook. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The first dimension is you as a business owner who spam money to put up ads, right. you are the user too, oh, right? Yeah. So, so everything that you do, browse th from browsing through the website uh, to click on the links on social media, everything is logged. Right. And the targeted users of, of your business are doing the same thing, yeah. right? So when you talked about cross-reference, that, that's actually the scary part because mm -hmm. people talked about how their privacy, privacy is being infringed. Well, there's no way around it because right. everything is logged. And you might not even know that you agreed to it too. Yeah. You know, through using the services, um, you know, of Facebook or, or, or Google, you agreed to it implicitly, right? Mm -hmm. So when your behaviors are being logged, then all these merchants with the products and services that they want to sell, they'll cross-reference your search results and your clicks and, you know, uh, your, your search keywords to spam you, to right. create noises trying to engage you, right? right? There's targeting effort, there's retargeting effort, because, you know, you may have clicked on that link, I don't know, a month ago, two months ago, right? and if you don't show interest in buying that product right now, it doesn't mean that you might, doesn't mean that you won't show the interest two months later. Yeah, and, and well, you said everybody's familiar with that. You think, what, you, re, you visit that one kind of yeah. random website, and then that's all you see on Facebook, Instagram for the next two weeks. Yeah. That's... It's that, pretty scary. Oh, very much so. Yeah, they, and then, they got it though. And then a lot of people again don't overlook this when you start engaging the target audience. 
you know, and you finally direct traffic to your website, to your right. app. And then how long would that uh, customer stay on your website? Right. Right. You could write, That's I don't know. That's user experience exactly. starts to really, really matter. And one of the things. Dashboard that, too. Da yep. Dashboard will let you get, you get that information. That's the first thing. First, you have to understand where you're starting from. Because if you don't know the, the fruits of your labor, then it's pointless. Right. But one of the things I find really interesting is that now, uh, I forget you know, when they announced, I think it was end of last year or early mm -hmm. this year, mm -hmm. but Google's algorithm, part of what they take into consideration now is time on site. Yes. They're trying to find out you know, and, and find ways to blur that line of you know, where the, the user experience and the algorithm experience. So they're looking at you know, how long are people actually engaging on your site. Mm -hmm. Because they want to provide better and better recommendations, so they don't want to just be recommending sites that are, you know, maybe optimized quite well for keywords, mm -hmm. but aren't providing any actual value to the users. So they are doing their best to start looking at that. So that's if back to what we talked about, about when we talked about needing a dashboard, needing to to see that data. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how long someone's on your site, then you're, you know, you're. It's going to be really difficult to allocate resources to improve that. And we've seen a lot of SEO experts trying to chase performance, right? right? So they, they don't chase substance. So, for example, I mean, uh, uh, just uh, very recently, there, there seems to be an algorithm change that focuses on longer articles, mm -hmm. right? So you see all these SEO experts start recommending people to write longer articles. I'm talking about longer than 1,500 words, perhaps. Yeah. And then you realize that a lot of articles all of a sudden appear you know, very long in length, right. but not much substance. Right, and that's so, a problem. Yeah, and that's a problem because how, how, how is that sustainable even? Like you could, you could bury all these keywords that you want, Yeah. but the duration of sp stay for viewers yeah, that's becomes selfish. shorter and shorter. Yeah. Right, so how do you engage audience? Right, and that's where you need the, you know, the, from the content side, why the quality is so, so important. And this just, I think it's important to clarify at this point too, you know, we're talking about writing blog articles. Right. That's a strategy that's worthwhile, not only for content platforms, for bloggers, for, it's also very important if you're e-commerce, that's very important. So I want you to think about anytime you search for something on Google, generally speaking, there are about 14 results on that first page. But if you understand the competitive nature, you realize only having products is going to be disadvantageous to you. Right, so you think the first top two results, those are the paid spots. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones where we said, like, you know, can we get to the top? <laughs> Absolutely, we can pay for that placement, right. and we can talk all day about right. finding the right words to bid on, the right search terms, and how to optimize your your budget use. But those are the two paid spots at the top. Right, you have two more paid spots at the bottom. Right, and then you have ten spots in in the middle of the page, but those ten aren't all up for for grabs. Typically, as as Google's put information out about. Six of those are for content because Google, at the end of the day, remember, they're a search engine. They want to provide information. They're not trying to sell you something. They're not there to do favors for the merchants. So six of those spots generally are going to belong to content providers. Four of those spots are usually saved for product. So if you're writing something about the products that you sell, but writing f features that have keywords, that's going to help your e-commerce store maybe even more than the products and the descriptions of those products themselves. And that, those are things I think people, it gets lost on people because it's, you know, it's so difficult to just try to make sure that your website is up and functioning. But if you want to really drive more traffic in without having to you know, spend the arm and the leg on, on advertising, if you want to increase your free organic traffic, you want to make sure you're really focusing on content. It always, most things always come back to the, the quality of content on your site.
Yes. And we talked about how, you know, nowadays merchants, they have to pay sales taxes <laughs> to really, Google yeah. and Facebook. I mean, there's, it's just yeah. inevitable at this point. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. And, and there are still some clients that have the, this very traditional mindset thinking, oh, you know what? I could do away without, you know, having to engage Google or without having to engage uh, any digital marketing effort. Right. And I, I really think that's, that's hurting your pro- potential business performance because yeah. the, the online and offline line, that, that line that separates online and offline is very blurry at this right. point. And I think there's a misperception. A lot there of, is. I mean, we help clients with websites built on WordPress, Wix, Shopify, all of these different providers. Right. And they've done a really good job of kind of like helping start that conversation with, with new digital businesses or mm-hmm. first-time website owners. Mm-hmm. Like they'll provide some SEO checklists. They'll maybe even give you a, a convenient tool to help you index on Google. I know Google has a nice right. plugin for WordPress. Wix has its built-in system. There are these ways to help get on Google. And while that's doing such a good job, because it's making it's bringing SEO to the forefront of, of conversations, at the same time, I think it creates this false perception that it's a binary switch. I've done my SEO. I've built my. I've I've turned on SEO for my site, and that's really not the case. Indexing, getting some basic uh, optimization effort in, that just gets you to the starting gate. Yes. It's everything after that, like marketing, like advertising, like sales. Mm-hmm. It's ongoing. It's perpetual for the you know the lifetime of the business. You're going to want to be focusing time and effort towards that. It's not just something that I've I've set up once and now it's a static. I'm going to automatically be found on Google. Now you can be found on Google, right. and that's the that's probably the biggest takeaway from from like knowing what to plan for. So. SEO is also known as search engine, search optimiz- engine right, right, <laughs> optimization, right. right? And that I think that word again gets abused. Yeah, right. Yeah, and people don't understand the substance of everyone SEO. knows they need it now, but I think it's very difficult to understand what exactly that is. To successfully implement a right. series of strategies of SEO, you not only have to be indexed, you have to do things right, and that right. includes you know really reviewing all the contents and layout of your website right. of your digital footprint. There is supposed to be a comprehensive strategy, I mean, right? Because your website is supposed to be the portal that integrates everything, including right. your social media accounts, including a, a dashboard that allows you to see where traffic is coming from, how are you converting. Uh, I don't see us as a website developer, right. but website is definitely a, a very important point for us to really understand how your business has been doing. Yeah, if we're going to help your business function properly in the right. digital world, you the, the starting point, again, you need to have a good, well-performing website. And here, here's the thing. I mean, still, a lot of people are still thinking, oh, you know what? It's, it, the, this, it's the digital world. I have a brick-and-mortar store. I don't, have to, I don't have to do this. And, again, I think that's a huge misopportunity and misunderstanding, really, to uh, integrate your business to the reality of the business world right now. Right. And people don't understand that. Now, um, Again, I think there is a big hurdle, um, entry barrier for people to say, all right, how do I get a handle on this? Mm-hmm. Any suggestions and recommendations? With, with, I just want to make sure, you're talking about with uh, the search engine optimization part? Search or? engine optimization and how do I run business uh, efficiently and successfully in uh, the modern business world? So I think the first thing when it comes to SEO, um, you, know, there, you do have those preliminary checklists if you haven't done so already. Make sure you're indexed. Make right. sure you're hooked up to the Google Search Console so you can start competing. Right. And then from there, 
there, uh, you know, you can look at Google Trends or even, you know, just look at what people are typing into into Google. They make suggestions. Right. But, like, you know, you think about when you, when you start Googling what is and they put in some, some blanks. Google is using its algorithm. They're using what everybody else is searching online to make suggestions to you to help you out. That can provide some insight as to what's going to be relevant in your industry. But start to, you know, try, try to get a feel for what people, what consumers of your business or service, what are they searching for? That'll give you a good idea of like what keywords and what key phrases you want to start integrating into your website, you know, in the products, in the blog content, on the page copy, anywhere that you can. Mm-hmm. So that's a good way to start, you know, strategizing around how can you, you know, uh, to optimize your site better for search engine visibility. But then, and this is just as important as finding that strategy again, is, is measuring it. What were like, okay, here are all the, the terms that I'm optimizing for. Are those, in fact, the words that people are using to find me, or are they looking up something completely different, which means there's a, there's a, a communication error in what we've put on our site mm-hmm. and what Google thinks we do. Mm-hmm. If you set up a Google Search Console dashboard, like we've mm-hmm. done for right. you know, all of our clients when we manage their sites, you'll see where are the top searches that people are putting right. in to right. find your site, what's your average page ranking for that particular search, where are people uh, geographically based. If you are a brick-and-mortar store, Right. And all of a sudden, you've gotten really popular halfway across the country, and you aren't planning to offer online shipping very soon. That's not going to be. You want to see what can I do to show up more of my local searches, right. and then from there, you might be able to identify. Okay, maybe my Google My Business profile isn't optimized because right. you're not appearing in the local search. So right. what what are all different things I can be doing? But you you won't be able to really understand those beyond just a guess mm-hmm. unless you have that kind of intelligence constantly being fed to you. Mm-hmm. And knowing what each of those metrics means. Am I understanding it correctly by saying that, oh, you know, understanding how SEO is done, you also get an opportunity to do market research? Yeah, I think that's that's very fair because the the nature of optimizing your site for search engine visibility is you want to connect with more people based on what is popular being like is being searched for uh, most most frequently. Um, And so I think yeah, that's a great way to learn what your what your customers are looking for because that's what. Like that, right. that'll give you some insight as to what's what, what's popular in the marketplace. Even if you're not there yet, what do, how do you need to maybe categorize your services? Mm-hmm. You might have a very good way of describing your widget, and it serves a particular function. Right. But if people maybe you're maybe you're a first mover, you know they don't have the vocabulary yet to know what they're right. looking for and, and know in fact that that's what you do. Mm-hmm. But you might find that they're looking for. They have a, a very certain way of describing the value that that widget creates. Mm-hmm. You need to understand those terms mm-hmm. because when you start to have your site optimized for those terms, that's the only way they're going to find out that you exist. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's very, very important for market research. Too. And I think that's where the technicality comes from, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you're talking about establishing backlinks. You know, right. trying to focus on the metadata, you know, metadata is kind of like the system behind your website that includes keywords that, that are searchable, that will right. make your website more relevant. And even right. though those keywords might not be directly related to the products and services that you provide, but you want to basically, um, you know, piggyback on those terms that are popular so that your your website could be could be uh, search friendly and, and relevant yeah. to those people and so that you could attract traffic. Now, um, so we talked about customers, you know, targeting um, the customers that you want to target. Right. How about competition? Would, they, would having uh, an understanding of SEO strategy, a, marketing, a digital marketing strategy, give me a better grasp of what my competition is doing? So I think one of the ways that you can kind of use that, I mean, think about how many people are searching for alternatives to yes. 
you know, fill in the blank. That's how I know. That's how I use Google. If, if I'm if right. I'm searching for, for for a new version of something, right? So I think I think right there, like you know, like identifying who your competition is, that's going to be a really good way to kind of build some of your you know some of your keyword strategy. If you are very clear alternative to a popular service, mm-hmm. you know, you can do some research and figure out if that is a good like term to rank for. Mm-hmm. In terms of understanding your competition itself, you know, try typing in like you're a like you're a user, like you know, like I'm looking for this type of widget. Who's, who's going to come up first, who's paying for the ad space, and just to give you a, a very good idea of what that competitive landscape looks like mm-hmm. and what type of content they're using to rank. I think that's important. I mean, there, there are programs, if you get really advanced in how you set it up, but there are AI-driven right. programs that when you type in, like, here's what I do and here's the type of um, you know, content I want to write about, they'll cross-reference a Google search and say, okay, these are who we believe your competitors to be. And here are, you know, here's the word count for an article that wants to rank in the same uh, competitive atmosphere. So here's how, how long of article we suggest you write. And they'll give you a report based purely off of your competition. Now, that's, that's having a, a machine calculate that for you. But if you're just starting, you can, you can still kind of go on, use a similar approach, act as though you're a user trying to find your company through the ways that you think they'd be looking. And you'll see, you know, kind of a similar idea of like what else is out there that you're having to compete against if you want to rank. Right. Would it be fair to say that uh, all these clients that we're currently serving and we serve in the past, they comes in all shapes and sizes, right? So we have some clients that do uh, do not understand SEO at all that engage us for the whole process, and right. we also have some clients that understand SEO have been successfully directing traffic to their website, but just do not have the ways to close the deals, right? Right. So, and I think the engagement is important because at the end of the day, traditional marketing, you want to close sales. You want to yeah. be able to deliver the products and, uh, oh, and yeah, services and collect revenue. And and how do you do that in the digital world? I mean, be that, you know, some, some clients, some of the customers that we serve, they want to close everything on the website digitally. Right. Right. And some of the customers, they want to direct the traffic to their, to, to their website and hopefully that they can then have an opportunity to engage customers um, in their brick-and-mortar store, yeah. right? So the, the design of their website uh, for that kind of client might be just to establish a position in the marketplace, mm-hmm. right? So, and, and there are so many different ways, like talking about, for example, e-commerce side. Right. I mean, including how you design the payment system. Right. Um, to, to better the checkout process. Because yep. you don't want, I mean, if, if people already are clicking on the checkout button, you don't want to lose them. Mm-hmm. You don't want to lose them. So if you have a very convoluting process for the checkout, that's also not good. Right. Right. So there, there is a series of things that you need to think about. Yeah. And, and talking about, like you saying, like looking at the search results, if the merchant has a, a, a strategy of only serving local businesses and there are people across the, the, the globe checking the right. website. To me, that's a missed opportunity. Oh, yeah. I, I need to ramp up the logistics and yeah. maybe you know think about how to how to do yeah. shipping. Yeah, and you can only identify it though if you have right. proper insight reports coming your that way. That is absolutely right. And when you talk about like the different kinds of conversions, you know, again, there's a way to track that, mm-hmm. even if it's trying to test the you know the validity of a new design that you've implemented. There's a way to track that. You can see the button clicks. You can see how far are people scrolling on pages. Right. Um, I think in, in the case of some of the clients that you talked about, right. we have clients that they are driving you know, sufficient traffic, right. but they're trying to identify ways to close more. Right. The first thing we do is we set up certain kinds of analytics on their site that, me- that measure where people's, you know, where, where's the mouse going, where are the clicks happening. If it's right. on mobile, where are they tapping? 
Right. We try to identify that, and and then from there we build out a strategy and say, okay, like people aren't your your call to action, your big ask that you right. have for the right. the consumer that's visited your site, mm-hmm. it could be buried lower on the page, mm-hmm. but if we find that only 20% of people are scrolling that far, all the traffic you're driving, you can only, the max you can convert is 20% then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. a huge red flag. And then we'll, you right. know, from there, we'll, we'll design, redesign, we'll add, we'll change the button layout, we'll change whatever it takes, but we'll try to figure out how can get, can we get more people to take that interaction with you. To the business owners that have been following us, I mean, you, you should know what we just talked about. It may sound like really passive. It's like we're renovating the the site and the process to to better the business process, but it actually goes beyond that. Right. We there are active approaches and strategies that we could take to increase the leads, even. So on that note, we actually want to do a series of topics that talk right. about how to really take care of your business customer like how do you take care of the customer traffic yeah how, how, what are those different doorways but we'll talk about them but you need to understand what each one looks like which one what they each look like to the consumer that hasn't that's you right. know, seen your site yet or seen your business yet that's right yeah that's so, gonna be important so the next episode we're, we're gonna specifically talk about business lead generation yeah if you're interested stay tuned take care everybody bye Here at WD Strategies, we help our clients develop leads, provide integration services, and expand their revenue model. We combine our consulting experiences and technological expertise to build business solutions. If you're interested in taking your business to another level, click on the link below or visit wd-strategies.com to schedule a free consultation.